I know that uh, you, you talked about uh, Malcolm and, and his, his hard to the Middle East. And I know when he went there, he met with some uh, Palestinian leaders that was involved in that struggle. What was his views on the Palestinian struggle? Certainly, that, that fight is still being fought. Whenever you have a Aboriginal people that are born and raised and grew up and created a society and built a nation in a particular area of the globe, and then another group comes in and say, we're going to move you out the way and take this over, and this is our homeland, and, and so on and so forth. And biblically, because all these wars are, are a lot of times religion is used to dictate these wars. Uh, the Pope and Rome uh, in the past would point to a, a place on a globe and say, by God's ordainment, I bequeath you this land mass here. And he points to it and he says, go forth and take that land in the name of God. And the people get there, right? That he said that the land belongs to them. And there's already people there where they say, hey, well, the Pope, the most powerful entity in the world, said we can have this land by any means necessary. So those individuals can either, as a phrase that they use nowadays or in the past when it comes to the streets, brother, I'm sure you heard of this, get down or lay down. So it's either that you can become one with us and follow our rules or we can slaughter you. And that's been historically the elites, a modus operandi. I'm going to go to a landmass and I'm going to announce to you I'm taking this over. This is mine. This is, these are the soldiers and the weaponry that we have to let you know we mean business. Now, we have a system of government that we're going to put in place. We're going to change the name of this area. We're going to change the history. The victor goes to spoils. We're going to change the history. So Palestinian people, if that's what you call yourselves, uh, okay, but this is our government. We're going to name it Israel. And, you know, our name are the Jews. And this is what it's going to be. And this is our home base now. And so for years since that time, Minister Farrakhan also has also spoke on this as well on a regular basis to defend the Aboriginal people that that land belongs to. The same fight we have here in America. So as Malcolm was going across the country or go across the world, he realized, wow, as I said earlier, the same fight that we're fighting, that this land mass uh, was ours and we had original people and then we had other people who were invaders and marauders and liars and killers came to this land and then took it over and then changed the history and changed the name and changed the language and said, hey, we're the original people here. Uh, obviously, that became a problem. And again, if any information that Malcolm got on, as I said in previous interviews, uh, that was true. The basis had to be true. We couldn't, we couldn't go out and tell falsehoods. If these people were here first, and this is their land, and this is their land, and this needs to be spoke upon, these people need to take action. If Malcolm was living today, in your opinion, what do you think he would be saying about the current struggle that's going on in the Middle East in terms of the almost 30,000 people being killed and a large amount being women and children? Well, unfortunately, now, uh, dear brother, with the, as fortunate and unfortunate, with the increase of surveillance, and what, what I mean by that is everybody has a phone, and everybody mm -hmm. has a camera, <laughs> uh -huh. and those who are in power have access to this technology. So we're essentially surveilling ourselves. So unfortunately, every death, every bombing, every weapon, every attack, is for us to see in the past or in Malcolm's time, if someone was brave enough, because we have footage of World War One and footage of World War Two, 
photos and, and, and the likes uh, brave individuals who took their cameras or took their their uh, 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 video recorders and went out there and filmed those things. But now the very people that are being bombed, they are recording up until their death. If they're screaming for help as buildings around them fall on top of their heads, you know. So for, for Malcolm to even, I, and I, I, I'm sure his contemporaries that were around him, his cabinet around him, would show him this footage. And, and it would, might definitely kill him because he was such a lover of people. To see people, and, and, and uh, also, brother, to put this in proper perspective, in his original speeches, uh, when he was in this, this nation of Islam, talked about the white devil and the white man and so on and so forth. Well, these people who are dying, dying these people who are Palestinians, are of lighter skin. The very people he saw in power and leadership during the sojourn to Mecca in Africa. And they told him, hey, brother, you know, uh, we appreciate what you do, but according to your dialect and your dialogue, I... I believe his, his, he was a liberator of Liberia, or a president, a revolutionary president of Liberia. Uh, I would be a white man, but I feel and think the same way that you do. And I'm about freedom, and I'm trying to keep this leadership so my people can be free, mm-hmm. right? And they can decide what they want to do with their nation as they see fit. You see, so now you have uh, devastation that is caught on camera regularly. Every death can be recorded, you know? So the pain that would come from him Upon seeing this, mm-hmm. it, it would resort to, hey, we have to take action because action is being taken against us on a regular basis. Like you said, 30,000 people dying on a regular That's an extermination. You know, so he would, he would certainly voice to the rest of the globe that this is an extermination. This is the final phase of their plan where they don't want to hear a Palestinian voice because there will be no voices to hear. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think <laughs> he would uh, say... Let's, well, I'm gonna get into the electoral politics, but I just want to give you a little bit about what Joe Biden doing. The the UN, the US just vetoed a resolution at the UN to calling for a ceasefire in Palestine, and the face out front is a black lady who's the uh, uh, delegate, the, the chief delegate at the UN for the US, and also war question, US. Was Joe Biden has a person who's head of the army and the military who is black. And we got a vice president who's going around talking tough about, you know, we got to deal with those people over there in terms of eliminating Hamas. So what do you think about that? You know, the black people being, <laughs> pushing black people to the forefront of his foreign policy. Well, that's an old trick. Um, that is, if it if it doesn't, if it isn't broken, it doesn't need to be fixed. So that's a trick that's been used for very long. Tricky Joe has had this up his sleeves. More and more information is about him comes out has been coming out uh, during his years in politics, seventies and the eighties, and how he treated black people, black people specifically. He has a game plan. Every president has a game plan, especially in terms of dealing with black because the black vote is, is very important, but you, you mentioned the electoral uh, yeah, politics uh, question you going to ask, so I'll, I'll leave that alone, I'll wait till then. But um, in regards to the, the faces, well, you know, again, like I said, that's, a, that's an old trick, that uh, the outrage that would come from us once we find out the political maneuverings of said individual, right, we would, we would uh, castigate them and scorn them based on their maneuvers 
but they're puppets, as Michael Misa talked about. They're right. puppets, right. Mm -hmm. and they don't think to themselves. They're hired to do a job. You know what I'm saying? No one that is black is hired for a highly uh, a sophisticated and important political uh, position if they're going to do something that benefits us. <laughs> it all benefits those uh, whom are in power. Mm -hmm. And so um, they actually have to go over the top so that they can prove to those individuals that hired them that they would never overstep their boundaries, Clarence Thomas. And you notice that those individuals live a very long, long life. They, 80s, 90s, uh, to the hundreds, and they keep that position, and and they work they work it effectively for those who um, hired them. Mm -hmm. You see, so all those different uh, uh, things that uh, the non ceasefire, right, and the United States, uh, because you, you're dealing with Israel, you're dealing with that power elite, you're dealing with that power base, right. So everybody's owed to them. They worked feverishly on obtaining the power that we did uh, that that they did. So think about it, brother. Other ethnic groups. And other uh, uh, specific groups uh, work. They work their nine to five jobs. Uh, there's no real unification uh, in regards to them. There's no real goal collectively and communally. Those who are the power elite in Israel, they call themselves the, uh, those who not will be named. They've become so powerful, you can't even mention their name in any way, shape, form, or fashion, whether it be a superlative or not. And they will come down on you. They work tirelessly day in and day out to acquire that power. Imagine if you did, if you slept four hours. Imagine if you didn't party. Imagine if you just focused on a goal, right? And you had a template and a script and a game plan that after a certain amount of time, this is going to be the end game goal. And everybody has to comport to it. Everybody has to oblige to it. And everybody has to uh, focus on said goal. And that's what they've done. That's what they've done. So if they need the United States to come to a resolution that befits them, they will do so.